that's the Jewish Future Pledge. It calls on all Jews to pledge that 50% or more of the charitable giving in their estate will support the Jewish people or the state of Israel. That's, that's the sound of a promotional video for the Jewish Future Pledge and its founder, Mike Levin. He's an American businessman. He used to run the Holiday Inn chain and the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas. He's also a big philanthropist, but he was worried that after he's gone, maybe his own kids and grandchildren wouldn't have the same commitment to donate money to support Jewish institutions the way he did. So he borrowed an idea from Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's Giving Pledge, where they agreed to donate most of their money to charity. But his version is called the Jewish Future Pledge. He expects it could earmark billions of dollars for Jewish causes, including Israel, over the next 25 years. And thousands of people in the U.S. have signed it already, including Charles Bronfman. The pledge has just launched in Canada. And here's how it works. It's not legally binding, but once you take it and sign it, you're supposed to have the conversation with your children and tell them what your wishes are and hope they carry those out after your death. And even better copy your example themselves. You're talking about the transfer of wealth. Look, when the children are going to receive X dollars, whether it's a dollar, a million dollars, whatever, how much money are they really going to need? And therefore, if the parents say, you know, this is what I like to do, I believe they will honor their parents' commitment, okay? And then hopefully it will rub off on the children. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, July the 5th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Last month, Toronto philanthropists Warren and Debbie Kimmel hosted about 80 people in their home for the launch of the Canadian branch of the Jewish Future Pledge. The Kimmels are co-chairs and they've signed it, and so has Wendy Switzer-Miles, who's now on the board. They all grew up with parents who taught them that giving is important, and they say this pledge may help pass that legacy on to a new generation that really doesn't do charity the same way. The Canadian rollout has been slower to catch on than the organizers had hoped, but they say what's at stake is $10 billion that could go a long way to keeping the lights on in important Jewish institutions like Birthright or summer camps or, hey, even the Canadian Jewish News. We'll hear more coming up, but first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Molly Tissenbaum, one of the goalies on the Team Canada Maccabi team in Boston, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. About 500 people showed up in Calgary on Sunday to eat pancakes with maple syrup in the parking lot of a local synagogue. But it was to welcome back the Calgary Stampede, which starts later this week. The House of Jacob Mikveh Israel congregation teamed up with the Calgary Jewish Federation, and they offered the food and the pony rides and a bouncy castle and country music, and they served up plates of the only kosher stampede breakfast in the city. And yes, everyone was wearing white Stetsons. According to Marina Siegel, who's on the board of the synagogue, they've been doing this for about a decade, and then COVID interrupted the festivities for two and a half years. So it was well attended because, as she says, everyone was dying to come out and do something together in person for the annual tradition. And joining me now from Toronto are Wendy Switzer-Miles, who spoke at the launch, and co-chair Warren Kimmel. Uh, how did the Canadian branch get set up of, of this organization? So the Americans started this in Atlanta. A uh, gentleman had three sons and they didn't marry Jewish, but he wanted to leave money to uh, Jewish causes and Israel. And him and his wife were arguing over, should it be 100%, 75% or 50%? They settled at 50%. And then they sat down with their kids 
And they said, this is what we'd like to do. We'd like to leave money behind for uh, charities. And it's we want to leave 50% out of whatever we leave behind, we want to leave it to Jewish charities or Israel. And the concept sort of grew from there in Atlanta. When they approached us a couple of years ago, they said, could Toronto uh, steer this for the first time in Canada? And the UJA Federation asked Debbie and myself to co-chair it. At which point we brought on about 10 people to help us get the word out and to get the signatures. It's a pretty simple method of getting people to commit to whatever they leave behind, no denomination, but whatever they leave behind, 50% should go to Jewish causes and or Israel. And the reason for that in America was that a lot of Jewish people were leaving tons of money behind, not to Jewish causes and not to Israel, but to universities and to museums, et cetera, et cetera. And they thought, you know, this is terrible. And of course, um, if 50% of whatever is leaving behind could go to Jewish causes or to Israel, this would be a great uh, stepping stone for the next generation to at least have continuity to the Jewish people and Israel. So you've been tasked to do this uh, publicity here in Canada. Can you, Wendy uh, or, or Warren, walk us through what's been done, how it's been rolled out? You go ahead, Warren, you, you started it. So uh, we got together a committee of uh, different generations within the committee. So we have from, I guess, 35 year olds to 72 or more. And uh, we said to them, could we make a list of people just to ask them, make it pretty simple. And uh, we figured out a way of just sending out an email or having a meeting and uh, get people to sign up. There was some resistance because a lot of people say, oh, you know, you want something from me. No, we don't want anything. We want you to let your um, kids know, your friends, your family, that you believe in this cause, that you're going to leave whatever you leave behind in your will, uh, you 50% would be to Jewish causes and or Israel. And not, we don't need a single amount. We're not asking for amount, we're just asking for the obvious, which is a commitment. And that's really what it is, a commitment, verbal commitment. And no one's going to come after you and say you didn't do it. But if you tell that to your kids and they say, oh, okay, that's important to your parents, then at least maybe they'll catch on and they can be uh, continuous with the thinking and hopefully stay Jewish, be Jewish, give to Jewish causes. That's the key thing is the moral commitment to Judaism and Israel. Um, a report was done last year that surveyed donors leaving money to estates and of Jewish donors, only 11% of their charitable giving went to Jewish causes. That's pathetic. Uh, who was gonna support in the future, the Jewish day schools, the Jewish summer camps, the Jewish hospitals, the Jewish homes for the aged? If we don't support them, who will? So, you know, we have to think of this. We've got many beautiful buildings in our city dedicated for these causes, but who's going to fill them in 25 years? Who's going to staff them? We have to be prepared for that. We can't foretell what our children are going to do. We can only point them in the right direction. Well, we'd like to. We'd like to control from the grave. It's, it's been tried many times, but it hasn't worked in Canadian uh, policy. They've uh, figured a way of uh, avoiding that. But that's really what it's about. But kids who are not from wealthy philanthropy families, um, you know, they're struggling now. Right. So I'm saying, is this Jewish giving future pledge? Sorry, Jewish future pledge, mostly for people who are already big donors for the Jewish foundations and, and, and causes. Like, how do we get in? How do the non-wealthy get in? 
it's it's definitely not just for wealthy people. I mean, if you want to leave ten dollars, okay, and you're committed to Jewish causes in Israel, you don't have to be wealthy, okay? Just let your kids know. Just let your friends know. That's what it's really about. So it's not the top givers are going to sign. We hope that you know everybody on Bathurst Street that's Jewish would like to sign it, okay? Because they believe in it. But you know, if they don't believe in community and they don't believe in Israel. Um, you know, it's difficult for us to win them over. We may have to try other things. So can we talk about the three steps? There's the say it, sign it, and then share it. That's their motto. So there's a couple of things to unpack. First of all, if you just sign this pledge, it's not legally binding, right? Nope. Nope. Nobody's going to come after your heirs and say, hey, where's the money? It doesn't work like that. It's just something for you. It just solidifies your intention. That's all. And then how does it work with the, with the signing? You have to go to your will people and your lawyers, right? Or your no. foundations and, no. and make it happen. You don't have to do that. No, no, but I mean, that's the next thing that you're wanting people to do is yeah, you not have actually to. do it. Yeah, you so, have to do it, of course. Yeah. Th- th- there are uh, already people who are endowing, okay, whether it's a $10 pledge or a $20 pledge, okay, they've already endowed things. So they've already committed to that an endowment on many Jewish charities in Israel, okay? So they're already doing it. So this is a matter of, oh, I just signed a little piece of paper and they can put my name along with all those. Now it's two or 3,000 in America and we're working on trying to do that in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then the sharing bit. My grandfather taught me that you have to do tzedakah anonymously. So the that's not the, the way that the Jewish Future Pledge sees things and they see it as a good thing to tell people you're doing it. How does that, how do you navigate that in your own personal way? You know, you have to look at the next generation. If you feel the next generation has a good understanding of Judaism, they don't have to be necessarily Orthodox. They don't have to necessarily be getting shul or keeping kosher, but they're Jewish. Okay. Then I I think that's as good as it's going to get. If you're really looking for the ultimate, which is, you know, the future of Judaism, and, and a thousand years or 500 years is the going to be conservative Jews and reformed Jews or whatever. I don't think so. So really, this is just to convince the next generation to show them, OK, that this is what I believe. And hopefully they respect my beliefs. And if they don't at least respect that, they may want to counter. And I, while I'm alive, to be able to answer the questions to these people that say, you know, I don't feel the same way you do. And I said, well, there's always the other option. What happens if you don't have a strong Israel? OK, what could happen? What are you seeing? I mean, you guys talk to younger people, I suppose. Are younger people interested in giving the same way that you guys have given traditionally? Or is this a new way to get them to do it? With anything, okay, we're trying to reach every generation. And every generation is doing things, whether it's local communities, uh, saving the trees, cleaning the air, etc. The next generation really gets into that social situations. We're sort of moving from that to the next generation saying to them, well, isn't it important to also have continuity? Isn't it important to, you know, go to Israel or understand Israel? Really, that's what it's about. So it's really about simple education, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what worked for you guys, which would be these trips, these missions, these galas, do young people give that way now? Or do they do other things? How do they give? That's young what people do it very different. Yes, young people do it very differently than our generation. So we're considered old fashioned. You give to a black hole. The next generation uh, is not that interested in giving to a black hole. They're looking for qualitative and quantitative results. So they want to see results. They want to know what's going to happen before they give you the money. 
Okay. And then they're going to hold you to that and make sure that you deliver on what you said you're going to do. So that's very different than the first generation, but like our parents came in the early 1900s and they built buildings. Did they take care of them? No, they didn't take care of them. That was the responsibility of the next generation to refurbish and take care and endow the next building and generation. And that's what we've learned from our parents. So hopefully the next generation, my grandchildren and children will have learned something from that and even improve on what we've been doing. You said you want every person along Bathurst Street to do this, but Wendy was saying to me that it's been a slower uh, adaptation here than you would hope. You know, I think we, um, in the last, really just in the last two weeks, we had our gathering. There was a gathering, I believe, at the offices of JNF. And uh, once, once you sit down and explain it to people, they get the picture. And so things are, I think, are starting to happen. Yeah, it's moving along. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes out to Joel Hertz of Thornhill. And we'll end the show with a sneak peek from our interview with Molly Tissenbaum. She's a goalie. She'll be on Team Canada as they head to Israel next week for the Maccabiah Games. Tissenbaum's been chosen as one of the flag bearers. This, you know, when the the option to, to come back and play softball came up, I was thinking about it. Obviously, I had a phenomenal time. Um, we, you know, we meddled. It was great. I wanted to come back to Israel. Um but once there was some some sort of momentum on maybe we'll be able to get women's hockey, it was, you know, we were all all in trying to make it happen because it's been a dream, you know, for a long time. And it's really going to be something cool to be part of the first ever Maccabi women's hockey tournament. Mm-hmm. 